Hello and welcome back to Somewhere in the Middle, a podcast about navigating life for those who are too young to be a millennial and too old to fit in with Gen Z. I'm Charles. And I'm Sonia. This week we're talking about Pride Month. A little late, but whatever. Where it all began, <laughs> what it means to the millennials, and what Pride means to us. So to start out, what is Pride Month and how did it start? So I searched this via the internet and so, well, I already knew part of this, but so it's a whole month to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community and their fight for equality. Um, it started out as a protest back in 1969, which is now titled the Stonewall Riots. So back in the day, all homosexual acts with quotes were illegal in every state except for Illinois. Uh, police would raid bars and restaurants everywhere for having gay patrons and employees, and these were usually the only safe spaces for people in this community. Well, safe. I guess not that safe if they're getting raided. Right. So this was because under most laws, being a transvestite, you know, quote unquote, was very illegal. So this w- so this was a huge umbrella term encamp- encompassing a lot of queer people, including like drag queens, butch women, feminine men, trans people, and non-binary people. Um, and usually, especially for Stonewall, you had to be wearing, I think it was three um, pieces of, like, gender-appropriate uh, attire. And if you weren't, you could be, like, arrested for that. So it was meant to criminalize a huge portion of the queer community. That is so crazy. Right, it's so, like, so you know... Cra- like, how is that... I don't know, like... That's just wild to think that... That really just went. People were okay... Well, I guess they weren't okay with it, but people made it into law. That's so crazy. Right, that it was such, people viewed it as such a problem that, you know, even, it was even, you know, women wearing pants, men wearing, you know, feminine items, and it was, I don't know. I don't know, it, to, to see that as such a moral panic is kind of crazy, especially in today's day and age. I know, that's how you knew cis, mm-hmm. straight, white men ran the world. A hundred percent. Yeah, but so the riots were basically, everyone, everyone in the LGBTQ plus community got really sick of it, and so they started fighting back, rioting, throwing bricks, and so the next year, the first Pride Parade happened to reminisce on the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which was on, so the first parade was June 28th, 1970, and then the parade just kept going, and hence, now we have Pride Month. So, Charles... Moving forward, have you been to Pride? What did you do? How did you like it? So this was, so this, I've technically been to Pride twice, which I did not know until a couple of months ago. Uh, because oh, really? When, <laughs> you didn't yeah. know the first time? Well, no, it was when I was living in California, which was between ages like zero to about two. Oh, um, and my Charles. little baby, and they took me to Pride. Uh, my oh. parents did. Um, and apparently the, uh, their gay friends loved me because I was like in a little, I think in a little outfit and they were, you know, they're just like, oh, he's so cute. So that was my first gay pride. Did not know at the moment. Um, and this is what made me gay. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> you caught it. Ba-bam. Exactly. That is not how people become gay. Just an FYI to anyone listening who thinks that's true. It's not. Don't you... catch it from parades or the water or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Turn the frickin' frogs gay. No. Um... Dude, my mom tried to convince me one time. Someone told her this and she just believed them. She's like, yeah, I heard they've been like uh, flushing 
birth control pills down the water so it gets more estrogen and that's how people become gay and i was like mom that is such a bullshit story like you know that's not true like why why did you for a second believe that i okay that's weird i mean drugs in the water supply are kind of a thing but not not to that degree at all no, I've I've convinced her now that that's not true, and she's like, ah, I guess I guess you're right, and I'm like, yes, I'm right. Like, please <laughs> listen to me. <sighs> but yeah, but anyway, in the, your second pride. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, second pride. I had flown out in 2019 uh, to be with my boyfriend in Denver, and that was my first uh, pride that I've, I remember. Um, and that was so, so much fun. We stayed in the hospital downtown. So we were kind of in the middle of all the action. It was just so amazing to see so many different people from all walks of life and just having, you know, being able to be themselves. Um, we went to tons of parties downtown, got a lot of free drinks, which, which was a lot of fun. Always the best part. Always the best part. Definitely something that doesn't happen at uh, most straight bars. Um, Yeah. And just, it was so awesome to be, you know, to see all of these people coming out. And there's so much cool swag and stuff. Just kind of, um, I really love seeing all of, like, the queer-owned businesses and, you know, just small, you know, artisans just making cool stuff. I got a a Clue fan, like the... uh, the 80s or 90s movie oh like what do you mean clue like the game or like clueless like the movie clue the board game movie okay okay i'm uh yeah okay i love it i don't think most people have even heard <laughs> of it but it was it was fun for me um what character did you always pick for the game for the game i think i always either went with colonel mustard or mr green I think I usually went with that Scarlet Lady, Miss Scarlet. Oh, yeah. I was like, ooh, I want to wear a sexy red dress. Me as a child. <laughs> Always a fox. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd be Mrs. Peacock because it was the only other girl option. Yeah. But yeah, it was just really great. I mean, just seeing everyone. I think the greatest thing, though, was just seeing everybody being able to be themselves. I mean, every you know, even now, it... I I don't exactly feel safe sometimes, like, holding my boyfriend's hand in public, but there, we were able to do that. Everybody was able to do that. It was just really cool. But yeah, have you gone to Pride or done anything I like that? I unfortunately have not, but I really want to. Um, Fort Wayne's having Pride soon in July, which is, I don't know why they didn't do it in June, but yeah. oh well, it's supposed to be, like, mid-July, so I think I'm going to try to go to that. should be super fun. Um, haven't been to Pride, but I love going to the gay bar here and like watching the drag shows and just like meeting all kinds of people. It's super fun. Oh, being a queer ally. Yeah, me being a queer ally. <laughs> um, last night it was fun. They did, uh, like, if you're gay and you know it, clap your hands. If you're non-binary, you know it, clap your hands. They even did one for the straight people. They Aww. did it with like, if you're straight and you know it, clap your hands. But like, whatever. <laughs> there so i just thought that was cool that um the whole community is just so it's like a family it's so inclusive everyone's like they're saying love is love i was bonding with this one girl we were yelling fuck donald trump it was awesome (laughs) that is amazing i love that Ooh, and 
they had this like cage of stripper poles that we got to go on so (laughs) that was very fun feeling very sexy we all took turns and it was like me and my friend Haley, and then two of our other friends were just like very straight men they're like yes let's go to the gay bar we love it there the vibes are awesome (laughs) i mean honestly they are like i i don't know like straight bars can kind of run the gamut, but I've never really been in a gay bar where I'm like the vibes aren't like top notch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also the drinks are just better. Yeah, they're usually very strong. Love that. Stronger and cheaper. Hey, <laughs> the best combo. So, Sonia, as zillennials, you know what do you think pride means to us? Um. So I think it has. It means having the chance to just be authentically you. Society is always trying to make you fit into some sort of box. Mm-hmm. And pride just lets you know that you don't have to. Like, hey, we are all just people. And we want to be and, like, do the things that make us happy. I think that's what it's really about. Um, I also like that it really gives you a chance to explore your sexuality and not be worried about what other people will think of you. Just because, yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. A hundred percent. And I, I think sometimes, you know, especially people in the community and, it, you know, without have, are like, you have to fit inside these like very, you know, if you're gay, you know, you can't be this way. Or if you're, you know, if you're bi, you can't be this way or you can't ever question or move within those boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to some degree, pride is like, well, you know, who cares? You know, explore, do different things. You know, just be you, you know, it's kind of at the heart of it. So, yeah, I I, uh, agree 100%. Yeah. And I also like that just having the opportunity to support people in the community that I know, like, it's just, it's really heartwarming to watch everyone that I know, I know and love who are, like, in the LGBTQ plus community and just feel comfortable and, like, finally be themselves, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I remember one of my friends from work, he... Well, he didn't let, tell anyone he was gay at first just because he felt weird about it. Like, he didn't want people to treat him differently. But you could tell when yeah. he finally felt comfortable with it. Like, I remember one day he showed up with his nails painted and he was like, Aww. check this out. Like, isn't this so <laughs> cool? Or he, like, got a new earring and he's like, look at it. Isn't it awesome? My boyfriend got it for me. And it was just like, it was great to f- see him finally feel comfortable just being himself. Right, because, I mean, it's so exhausting putting up all those facades and hiding those bits of yourself all the time, mm-hmm. especially if it means a lot to you. Yeah, exactly. So what is it? what does pride mean to you as a millennial? Um, for me, it's an act of rebellion and community. Um, similar to, your, to what you were saying, it's visibility to a society that doesn't accept us for who we are and being able to say, you know, I'm here, I'm queer, get over it. Um, yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just you know making no excuses for who we love or you know how we love and it's like you know i'm not gonna conform to society standards and be like everyone else you know yeah and again like i was saying earlier with just being able to let down your guard and be yourself to be able to hold your boyfriend's hand or kiss your girlfriend or just you know present his non-binary or whatever kind of identity you have you know, it's just so liberating. Um, and in addition to that, it's just uplifting our siblings with identities that are marginalized, where 
you know, if you're trans, bi, and other queer identities, you know, mm-hmm. in, you know, in definitely in straight culture, and even, you know, somewhat in queer culture, those identities are marginalized, and just being able to say, hey, we support you, you're here, you're valid, you need to, you know, you deserve to be heard, I think is so important. Yeah, definitely. So, I think it's crazy that they're still marginalized, but just means you gotta keep fighting the good fight. Exactly. It never stops. Yeah. Okay, so, if you're not a member of the queer community, how can you be a good ally? Um, so I think the most important thing is to remember it's not about you <laughs> um, <laughs> as an ally. Um, you know, and this goes for most forms of allyship, whether, you know, it's for, you know, BIPOC communities, whether it's for um, socioeconomic, you know, uh, things. You know, it's not about you. You're here to, uh, one, be quiet and lift up other people's voices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the A isn't for ally. It's for, you know asexual people but i mean the most important thing is again listen to queer people listen to what they actually need what they actually want and be there to be supportive of them uplift those voices and those concerns um in addition to that you know be there when it's not convenient um Mm. you know it's one thing to go to the target pride collection and wear the shirt around you know around your friends who are queer supportive it's another thing at Thanksgiving or, you know, at your workplace to stand up for queer people, you know, even when it's not convenient for you. Um, and, you know, just remember that queer people are people, too. We're not an accessory. We're not some, like, helpless puppy. You know, we're people. Because um, I know the whole uh, GBF thing is kind of fun. And, you know, it is. But don't, again, just don't treat them like an accessory. Don't be like, oh, as say a straight girl don't be looking for a gay uh, best friend and then turn around mm-hmm. and be like lesbians are gross you know or you know vice versa yeah um and you know again just remember we're humans too and treat us like people yep thank you charles that was very helpful um i guess to add to that would be make it a habit to use pronoun the, the correct pronouns for mm-hmm. just people you know and even like celebrities just to show that to show your friends who maybe haven't come out yet or are thinking about it or you know are trans that's that you support them, their pronouns are valid. Like, for example, Demi Lovato just come out <gasps> and came out as they, them. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about them, I try to use the they, them pronouns just to show that, like, I'm a safe person and, like, they can feel safe as well. Right. Did you see the um, when the paparazzi approached, like, Lizzo? <gasps> I and did, they... and that was yes. awesome. <laughs> oh, that was so. I mean that. I mean that is allyship to a T, yes. where it's like be forceful, be you know, be kind, and just again treat them as a human being, even when they're not around. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, like speaking out even when it's uncomfortable, like show your support on social media, show your support like in person, have those tough conversations. Um, don't support anti-LGBTQ plus organizations like Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. will not go there still. Um, and if someone you know is in the closet, just be supportive and understanding. Remember that it is not your story to tell. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they want to be in the closet a little bit longer, you can tell them that. Like, that's fine. Like, this is your life, your story. I'm just here to support you with whatever you want. Exactly. Perfect. Oh, and also vote. 
Vote for yes. people who actually support the community and like won't make things worse. Exactly, a hundred percent. And I mean, so once gay- again, fuck Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> and gay politics also extends further than just you know marriage equality and that stuff, which is good, which is a good first step. But you know, this also you know includes voting for politicians who are pro homeless, or you know, because mm-hmm. you know disproportionately. Most homeless people are queer or queer teens because they've been I did kicked not out. Know that. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That makes sense, though. That's really sad. It is incredibly sad. Yeah. So I guess that's likewise right into the next question. How do you think the political and social dimensions will shape pride in the future? Um, I think there's, you know, a lot of new and old battles to be fought. Like I said earlier, you know, it's we're never finished. And, you know, the mar- you know, marriage equality was the bare minimum for queer people in the U.S., um attitudes still need to be changed especially among conservatives you know i think on one hand we um you know we like to think we've come a long way and we have um Mm. but even you know even the most uh even some democrats don't fully support queer people so again that's something that we still have to work on um you know and then trans and non-binary people are still heavily victimized uh Mm especially those who are in marginalized communities such as you know being BIPOC poor sex workers or disabled and I mean it's we still have a long way to go with that um and then something that I've been seeing kind of more in terms of like TikTok on Twitter especially with younger people is like kink and cops and corporations at pride and you know where does that all fit in Mm -hmm. um and I definitely see pride as becoming more sanitized and seen as kind of like an economic festival atmosphere rather than a celebration of queer identities and struggles, which is, again, I see as diminishing that initial kind of riot and saying, you know, we don't care what you think of us, we're here. Yeah, like I hate it when the companies just um, put the rainbow colors on their logo for a month and then won't do anything else, like they won't create a an employee resource group for queer people or isn't there like a thing that people sign that um it's like equal rights kind of thing because before that wasn't a thing always in every company like it wasn't required by law until like last year the year before that you can't fire someone for being gay yeah it was very very recent and again you you know a lot of these companies will sell their you know whatever with a pride thing on it and then the next month turn around and donate to a politician who doesn't support gay people or you know is actively making their lives worse yeah um also my hot take or probably not so hot take is that you know cops don't belong at pride pride started as a riot against the police um and you know from stonewall to Jeffrey Dahmer, to the George Floyd protests. It's been shown that the institution of policing will continue to victimize and oppress any and all queer people if given the chance. Yeah. And also with the concept of, like, kink at pride, um, you know, for one thing, I've never seen anything more sexual than people kissing at pride. You know, a lot of people are equate, you know, wearing something like leather or a certain kind of mask to being, like, sexual and that's not the case um Mm. and in addition to that kinksters like the leather community have been a part of pride since the beginning and again that's kind of core 
to the idea of not bowing to heteronormative standards of love and sex. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just think it's weird that, again, that's part of the sanitization process, you know, taking out actual queer people and queer identities and queer movements and replacing it with something that's more palatable to the straight uh, audience or majority. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Um. Oh, another thing, though, is I wish there was more, like, queer acceptance in religion. Um, mm-hmm. I think that can definitely be a really hard crossroads for people because I know a lot of people who still believe in, like, a higher power and some sort of God, but they just hate organized religion because they're so non- non-accepting. Like, yeah. it feels like you have to choose between being who you are and, like, believing in something larger than yourself. And, like, some places do have acceptance, like, shout out to the Canterbury House at Michigan mm-hmm. Tech. That place yes. is so cool. Um, but I personally haven't found it in many places. I guess I haven't also looked that hard. But at least in general, haven't really found it in many places. At least in, like, the Christian churches. Yeah, I think, you know, like, universitarians and universalists, uh, I think, are pretty decent about that. But, uh, yeah, most other sects aren't so great. Yeah. Wait, so what is a universal Tarian? I, okay. So I think they're more, oh God, they're more accepting of just different religious viewpoints. And where they're like, there's some kind of spiritual higher power. And, you know, some, you know, most religions are trying to get it at some point. And we're kind of just kind of surveying all of them to see, you know, what's the best ideas that we can kind of take from all of that this might not be 100 percent correct um (laughs) hey i believe you (laughs) (laughs) i'm extremely gullible so (laughs) that sounds really cool um yeah because i feel like i don't know this is a battle that i felt personally with like i used to be very religious growing up Mm -hmm. and like i still believe in this higher power but like being at the catholic church you're seeing like, it's not a place for women. It's not a place for queer people. It is... It's an instance where you see, like, the Bible was obviously written by a white man. You know? Right. Like, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I just feel like there's a lot of rules, and it's not very rooted in what religion is supposed to be, which is, like, helping others and being selfless and just being a good person overall, I guess. Yeah. No, it's definitely kind of become warped, which is actually kind of interesting because with the King James Bible, um, again, a lot of those translations kind of were rooted in the politics of the day. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, mainly rewritten, retranslated to strengthen both the state and the dominant status quo. So yeah. even, you know, even the original translations weren't as, again, are were quite different than what we see now. Yeah, that's true. Oh, if only I knew Latin. Yeah. Then we'd be getting somewhere. <laughs> or Aramaic. Or Aramaic, damn. And then I guess another thing is, um, wish there was more acceptance with like sex ed in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, some schools don't even really have sex ed, which is crazy. But yeah. I definitely noticed, well, I didn't really notice it. I listened to a podcast about it. But how um, it's a big thing in all schools, really, that they don't really have any queer sex ed. Because, like, you hear about, like, man and woman, this is how you get pregnant, Mm -hmm. this is how you avoid getting pregnant. 
Um, but they never really talk about how to be safe, how to avoid STDs when it's not just like when it's not like a man and woman together, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you know why, Sonya? Do you know why? Tell me why. It's all because of the damn Puritans. It's all because of the damn Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it Every 100% time, it always is. always comes back to the Puritans. <laughs> it always does. Um, but no, I mean, okay, so so what was sex ed like in your school? Um, so I guess we kind of started in around fourth grade with like the fish mm-hmm. video. where like, this is how eggs get fertilized with fish. Oh. And then it hit, like, fifth grade, and we did the Just Around the Corner videos, talking about, like, puberty and such. Okay, just yeah. Just Around the Corner. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And then yeah. maybe, like, seventh or eighth grade, you started learning about the crazy diseases like elephantitis and syphilis Ooh. and all those things. And they're like, don't have sex. Because you could get pregnant and die. Just kidding. That wasn't at my school, but um, that was on Mean Girls. <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically, they mostly just preached abstinence mm-hmm. until yeah. maybe more towards high school. Honestly, actually, I don't know if they ever told us you should wear a condom and have sex if you would like to. Like, wear a condom if you do decide to do that. It was right. mostly just, like, preaching abstinence. They made us this... um better than sex cake what yeah so like they made this really really good de- like delicious cake and they called it better than sex cake and they're like eat this and be like wow this tastes amazing and like yeah it's better than sex so like don't do it uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, okay wow that that was a hot take from somebody um yeah actually i don't think i learned about condoms or like how to put them on in actual school like i had to go to this like dare program it's like a supplemental yeah thing because like not it was like an optional thing everyone was required to go and that's when you like put the put the condom on the wooden penis and like this is how mm-hmm. you do it yeah i actually never realized that that we did not learn about that in regular school but what yeah. about you what was it like for you so i just okay so i only had the movie in fifth grade and I think that might be closer close to what you had to. I don't remember a lot about it. But again, it was where they split up boys and girls and then you just learned what sex was for the most part and you know how that happens and that was kind of it for me. I didn't even have really health. I think I think I was allowed to skip health cuz I was doing engineering classes which I th- I think those people need it the most, but you know, that's beside the point. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I really, I did not know a lot about sex or really the human or the female body for the most part, um, which yeah. is, which has most, been wild. Most grown men still don't. Which is yeah. Wild. Okay. Well, cause I thought until <laughs> embarrassingly recently, I thought, I thought pads were like, um, band-aids that you just kind of, I didn't, I thought they went on the, the pubic area and not to the underwear. I thought it, I I yeah. I mean, oh, I didn't Charles. think about it that often, but yeah. I mean, we just weren't taught a lot, and I mean, even doing you know, gay stuff. Who forget about it? Yeah. No idea. So yeah, I think definitely. I mean, hopefully, 
And I mean, this can segue into another question where it's like, you know, what are we hoping will happen with queer issues in the community going forward? And I mean, the number one thing I, I would want is just kind of this normalization of queer stuff in, especially for like younger people. Mm-hmm. And just because I think, you know, with within popular media and, you know, with the way people are taught, this heteronormative narrative is really pounded into people's heads and then so of course when they come across anything queer then it's like oh that's not normal versus if we just say hey this is a thing you know from a normal you know from a younger age and you you know you don't have to go into everything obviously but just saying you know sometimes you can have two mommies and sometimes you know people can you know and people can you know use any clothes they want Mm -hmm. it'll go a long way towards destigmatizing all that Ooh, another great icon for all that, Harry Styles. Amazing. Yeah. The show I, I like, mean, I like these clothes. I'm going to wear them. Yeah. And so. I mean, you know, I think there's been a lot of like people like that in recent years, you know, celebrity wise, like um Little Nas X is actually a really good one too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he he's wearing whatever the hell he wants. He's singing about whatever the hell he wants. Um and he's just being again himself to such a great degree um you know it's really cool to see and you know especially Mm -hmm. for kids where it's like okay this is normal yeah that's pretty cool i was watching this tiktok the other day and they were like what if you asked people they were straight the way that you ask people if they're gay like if it what if it was switched and i thought that Mm -hmm. was kind of cool like are you like i saw you like becky i saw you with chad like are you are Are you you straight (gasps) i'm like what no (laughs) <laughs> but I think that just really pointed out, like, how how weird people are about people being gay. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you gay? And, like, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like, wow. that's Like, it shouldn't be a whole thing where you have to come out and just be like, hey, this is my boyfriend. Yeah. His name is Chad. I don't know why I keep using Chad. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of other names. <laughs> but, no, I feel that 100%. Like, I would like a day and an age where you don't have to come out, where you don't have to be, like, these are my pronouns it's like okay you know i'm not gonna assume i'm gonna let you tell me and Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's again it's not a huge thing but i think i think we're a little ways off from that i think so too it would be cool if people normalize just like introducing themselves with their pronouns um Mm -hmm. they're working on it um i remember i took this grant writing class at michigan tech and we like all introduced ourselves with our pronouns into like a fun fact about ourselves i thought that was pretty cool yeah, and I mean, so I've also heard from like trans and non-binary people that sometimes that can also be a bit of a frightening experience too, because oh, really? it's like either do I have to stay in the closet or do I have to come out to all these people right now? Oh, I never yeah. thought about that actually. That's a good thing to bring up. So yeah, so I mean, I, um, again, this is probably something that we should talk with you know with non-binary and trans people more about, but just. You know, you know, it's a good thing sometimes because it's normalizing this idea that people can have pronouns and that's fine. Uh, but again, on the other hand, it can out people. So, yeah, an interesting dynamic. Yeah, definitely. That wraps our show for today. We hope you learned something new. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review or follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Have a good week to people of every generation, but especially those who are somewhere Somewhere in in the the middle. middle.
<laughs> what is happening? How are we so good now? What? <laughs>